Hello and welcome to Marketing on the Moon. I'm your host, Regan Olsey, here to help you learn how to implement the right Web3 marketing strategies that actually move the needle so that you can finally attract, nurture, and convert your ideal audience. In today's episode, I'm joined by Magdiela Rivas, Global Partnerships Lead at Notabene, the leading travel rule in pre-transaction decision-making platform for crypto. Magdiela is a BD and marketing professional who's been in Web3 since 2017. In this session, Magdiela and I discuss the strategies that you need to know in order to grow your Web3 partnership program. And she dives deep into her experience leading partner marketing at Chainalysis in spearheading Paxful's LATAM market expansion, proving once and for all that partnerships really are key to growth in Web3. So get your notebooks out because over the next 30 minutes, we are going to touch on all of these subjects and more. If you've ever wondered how Web3 marketing really works or want to implement strategies that actually get you closer to your goals, stick around. I promise you won't want to miss this. All right. Hello and welcome, Magdiela. It is so good to see you. Thank you so much for being here on the Marketing on the Mood podcast. It's been a very long time since we've seen each other. I think it's been over a year. Last time I saw you, was that in New York? I can't remember exactly. I don't even know if we've seen each other in person, actually. I don't know. Time flies and Web3 is crazy. I know, exactly. Time flies so fast. You're all over the world. I'm all over the world. Right now, you were telling me that you're traveling. You've been in, where have you been? You've been in Europe and then now you're in Canada. So you're really living the Web3 kind of digital nomad life in the same way that I did, which is so cool. Yeah, it's exciting to be like able to have this flexibility. That's what we were talking about too. Just working remotely, Web3 is completely online and you have this freedom, which is, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. And then you also get to build these virtual friendships too, right? And virtual co-working relationships. Like, you know, you and I can't even remember if we've met in person or not. And I think that's pretty incredible that you can feel like you know somebody so closely. And I think Web3 really helps us facilitate a lot of that, which I know is why both of us end up, ended up sitting in this industry. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I feel. Like this sense of community in the crypto Web3 space is really special. And like you make all of these relationships online, and then you feel like you're really close to them. Then when you meet each other in person, it's, it's really exciting. It's even better. But yeah, you, you get to meet a lot of people around the world that are amazing, are super talented, have these great ideas, which is, it's a really nice experience and benefit from being in this industry. And that probably helps you with your role as partnerships lead at Nota Bene, which leads me really nicely into tell me a little bit about what you do, how you got into Web3. Who's Magdiela? Yeah, well, as you mentioned right now, I'm the partnerships lead at Nota Bene. I'm not going to get into the weights of what Nora Bene does. It's just a compliance solution for the crypto space. I started in the Web3 industry, crypto industry, like more than six years ago. Now it's it's been a while now that I think about it. My personal interest started because from the remittance use case, as you can tell from, from my accent, I guess. I'm not from the US, so... But I moved to the U.S. seven, no, no, eight years ago to study my master's. And I went through all of these struggles that every immigrant goes 
through, especially when you want to send money or receive money from your country. So my family is in Mexico. Mm-hmm. My mom will want to send me money or I will want to send her money. And it was really difficult. Or I will have to pay all of these fees. And then one friend one day was telling me like, oh, why don't you use Bitcoin, right? It was back in 2015, 17. And I was like, oh, what is that? It was my first time actually like hearing about it. So I started to do some research. And then that's how I got into into the crypto space, sending money, doing peer-to-peer trading to send money to my mom. And it was really exciting because I will make money instead of paying fees. I will make money from like this arbitrage opportunity that I found. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that took me to like the crypto rabbit hole, as we always uh, <laughs> say it in the crypto space. I was like, okay, I want to be part of this industry. When I finished my master's, I I looked for jobs in the in the crypto industry and I started working at Taxful, which is a peer-to-peer marketplace, a competitor of the company that I was using to send money to my mom. And I was in charge of like, oh, you have to develop the whole Latin American market there. It's a really exciting experience. I got to meet a lot of people from the space in Latin America and all over the world. One of the main things that I was doing that there was partnerships because that helped us a lot with actually like gaining this brand recognition and trust from the market. This local partnerships that we were establishing because as a crypto business, you come to a new market, everybody is skeptical, right? Um, the space is full of scammers, full of like these fake projects. So partnership was a key element of our strategy to be able to win the market in Latin America. So that's how I got into partnerships and I got out of Paxful, joined other crypto companies. Now I'm in Notabene, like more in the compliance space, which is where I met you. Now in Notabene, I'm doing everything partnerships, which is really exciting because I have a lot of opportunity to build, to build this strategy, to bring new ideas to the table, to experiment different type of partnerships or things that could be kind of like out of the box and we are like okay let's try it if it doesn't work it doesn't work we'll learn from that and like we'll change we pivot as as we go so it's it's exciting to be in this role wow that is incredible in such a beautiful way to intersect your personal interests right you talked about wanting to send money to your family and for them to be able to send money back to you which is why you got into crypto and bitcoin in the first place with your professional interests now building your career around it. And I think you're so right. We talk about this all the time in the industry, how important it is to build trust. This is still an industry where there are a ton of folks around the world who still question and are still very skeptical about crypto. And partnership can really help facilitate that trust. It can really help to build that trust because, and we see this happen a lot in Web2, where they start to partner with brands in Web3, and it ends up benefiting both sides because the Web2 world can show that they have a stake in the game in Web3, but then the Web3 world can also show that there is some maybe realism, there is some substantiation in their strategy. You can build that trust, which I find so important. I love how you talked about how all those pieces built into your decisions to move into Web3. Let's talk a little bit more about the role of partnerships in Web3. How do you think about how partnerships should actually be created in this industry? 
um, I think it's a really center piece to it. Like, um, not only in like Web3 crypto space, I think fintech is pushing that. Like, you don't see this type of partnerships in traditional finance. It's not in the same way as we think about it in fintech or in the Web3 space. Mm -hmm. I think like partnership is really a key element, a centric element of the industry. And it's because a lot of the times it's what you were mentioning before, right? It's a relatively new industry. It's 11 years old, which is pretty new. There's still a lot of things that us as an industry still need to figure out that there's like this trust piece that we need to build with a mainstream daily like user, right? That don't know a lot about crypto. A lot of things that they hear is more about, oh, this person got scammed or this in Latin America, for example, when I was in Paxful, there was a lot of pyramid schemes in Latin America mm. that people was using just to get money out of people, have them invite other people, and then they will just do kind of a rock pool and disappear mm -hmm. with their money. So a lot of people were just linking Bitcoin, blockchain, and the technology, which has a lot of potential with them. It's like, okay, Bitcoin equals scam, which is not. People always will use technology to do illegal activity, to abuse it. And we see that all the time. We saw it in the internet when it first started. Like it's the natural like kind of curve that a new technology has to go to. But being in the industry in these early stages, you have to deal a lot with it. So you have to partner with companies that have gained already the trust of the community that can help you build that trust for you too. And it's not only like other companies, when you're talking to the government, this public-private dialogue has to exist for mm -hmm. the industry to actually boost that adoption that everybody in the crypto space is speaking, right? Oh, we want adoption, but then how are you going to boost that adoption? You need partnerships. You need these financial institutions that now are getting into the crypto to be your partners to help them build this new innovation in the space or like help them innovate their products with crypto. And that's a partnership by itself, right? You're partnering with these companies to help them innovate, to help them win new markets with crypto, but they're also helping you to gain this trust, to open the doors to new type of clients, to mature the space more and bring more adoption, more legitimacy to the space. I think like that trust and reaching more people through partnerships, that's why it's key for, for the crypto space. We need to build that. And uh, if we want adoption, we need this type of partnerships with more mature fintech, financial companies, the governments, which coming from before this really hardcore Bitcoin background, a lot of people don't really like it, right? Like, why are we going to partner with the government when Web3 and crypto was supposed to be decentralized and like kind of like this against the government philosophy, which is not what crypto is about. And if you want this mainstream adoption that you're always talking about, you have to have this type of partnership, dialogues and regulation with the public sector too, which is important. So that's why I think partnerships is a centric topic all the time in crypto. Just we need this type of alliances to keep on building the space.
You've mentioned so many great points there. It's almost like a a step-by-step process here, right? You need partnerships in order to increase user acquisition. But in order to bring users onto your platform, no matter what you're selling, you need to establish that trust. And so there are a number of different partnerships that you'll need to create in order to do that. And I don't think a lot of marketers, at least marketers maybe who are new to this space, understand how that actually looks in Web3. So maybe could you tell us a little bit more about the types of partnerships that you might need to go and create, especially as that's what you're doing now in your current role? Yeah, I think a lot of the partnerships in the crypto space, and also not only partnerships, the marketing that you're doing, it has to be like kind of a shift in how people or marketers do marketing in Web3. Because it's really community focused. It's community land. You have to build this community. Maybe now with social media, we're seeing all of these new type of marketing, which is also more, more community land, right? You cannot just go and sell something because it does this or that, right? You build a community around your personal brand, your product or whatever. It's starting to change too, but that was a key element since the very beginning in Web3. You had to have this community around your product, around your service, that believed in the principles that you were doing, that believed in the founders that were behind the projects and everything. So you have to have that. That was a key piece of marketing, right? You have to have this community. And from there, like, okay, what type of partnerships are we going to be building? Which it's also like in the traditional industry, you can see these normal ones, right? Like, okay, we need referral partners. They are happy to refer clients to you because their clients are asking for the services that you're providing. Or if you're more in the retail and not B2B, it's like, okay, I work with influencers and this is another type of referral marketing. Like I'm working with influencers that are promoting my product. That's another type of partnership. Coming from Paxful that was B2C and then moving into B2B, I had both experience. So you have to change your partnership marketing strategy, obviously, based on the business model that you have. So partnerships, you're going to think about them differently if you're a B2C or a B2B business. But at the end of the day, it's like these basic ones, like you have referral partners, you have in the B2B, the reseller partners, which are the ones that are more strategic for you. And they have this penetration in markets or like this expertise in certain topics that you want to get into and they can open that for you. They have these reseller programs that can just like, okay, we have resellers in Asia or whatever, and we can use them to open the doors for new markets for us and that those are more complicated in in nature but they're also beneficial if you identify the right partner for that and we can talk about how to identify the right partner later but if you find that it's like key for you then you have like these more strategic ones in which you're doing some kind of for marketing content together because you guys complement to each other you can do like some thought leadership piece, education is key in the space. So these type of partners can help you, which are like maybe consultants, partners, like, I don't know, big four or something that are also more interested now in getting into the space. You can have these type of partnerships too. And it goes back to the legitimacy 
peace and building trust and everything, having these type of partnerships helps you a lot. But this could be like more strategic on the educational kind of like thought leadership piece that you want to build to tap into other markets, communities, gain more like clients, have more engagement. So these are other type of partnerships that you can establish in the space, which they're different, but they're all important for the overall strategy that you that you have to build to grow your business. There are so many different types of partnerships that you can create. And each one of them, like you said, has their own reason behind it. They have their own benefits. And depending on the company that you're sitting in, depending on the industry that you're sitting in, I'm sure, like you said, one is going to be more important than the other. But at the end of the day, all of these are really based on expansion. It's based on building your brand. And you're so right. In Web3, it's so community focused that any of the partner activities that you do, whether I've seen you're in B2B or in B2C, you are going to need to focus in on what's the ethos of your company? Why does your company exist? You have to get people to come into the fold and understand why your company is doing what they're doing. And you have to lead with data and with case studies of how you are improving your customers' lives, how you are improving your customers' workflow, how you are solving the problem, whatever problem that you're trying to solve for them. And I don't think that's necessarily different than it is in Web 2, but it's definitely more important than it is in Web 2. In Web 2, you can still get away with some of that aspirational content, right, of buy our product and you're going to 10x your productivity. In Web 3, you can't always get away with that. You can't get away with those you know, big overarching statements, you have to get into the details and you have to bring people into your inner circle almost. And so that definitely folds into how a partner marketing strategy is created. And we'll go into partner marketing in a second, but you mentioned this. Let's talk about how do you identify which partners are going to be partners that you want to work with? And then how do you actually start to develop those relationships? It's it's really easy in the Web3 crypto industry to be like, oh, I want to partner with everybody, right? Like you have a lot of demand. Everybody wants to build something new. It's still a really new industry. We always say like there's space for everyone to grow. But when you're in a real like partnership position, you have to be more strategic. You cannot be like, okay, I'm going to partner with everybody. You have to evaluate different things. And I think the first thing that you have to do, and it's really healthy, and I don't think a lot of organizations do, is like, as you create your ideal customer persona or profile, right, you have to create your ideal partner profile. What does that partner look like? What type of clients they have? what type of markets they're in that we're interested in also penetrating and going after, what experience they have with partnerships too, right? Like what type of partners do they have with which competitors are they partnering with already? What are the differentiators that we can bring to the table? What's the average contract value that they have? That's really basic, but a lot of the times like you don't think about it, especially when you're doing referrals or resellers. You don't think about these things, but if you're selling something for like, I don't know, 10K and then you're trying to partner with someone that's selling their packages for $100,000, that's not an ideal, like there's not a match there and it's like really basic, right? So you have to do this 
partner profile for different type of partners too, right? Maybe you have these strategic partners that are these consultants. And then I didn't mention, but like you can have also tech partners, right? These partners that come and you insert data into your product and you create a new product together, which like provides value that you cannot provide by yourself. That's something that's really interesting, especially in the, in the crypto industry, because you're already innovating with your product, but then on top of that, you're innovating even more by like partnering with, with someone that can somehow enrich your data that can help enrich your product and have different features that at the end of the day can help your final client. So that's, that's a really exciting part of also being in partnerships and you have to know the space to be like, okay, these, these companies doing something interesting. Let's see like how we can complement each other. But it's part of this market research that you have to do and this ideal partner profile that you have to build. And of course it's linked to what I think you mentioned too, it's business objectives, right? At the end of the day, everybody has their KPIs and partnerships is part of it. And it's sometimes more challenging for the partnership department to be like, okay, how are you contributing to the KPIs directly? You don't have everything in control because it's not in-house. It's not, you're not selling your product, like you're depending on other companies, you're depending on other teams. So it's a lot of moving pieces, but at the end of the day, what are the company's objectives and how partnerships can help with these objectives? So you have to have an overall vision of what the company's strategy is. You have to know like the sales department objectives. You have to know how marketing is fitting into that. But if you don't have that vision, which a lot of the times, especially in Web3, there's a lot of new companies like these are all the startups. They don't have that figure out. So it's really a lot of times it's challenging because you end up in this position in the middle in which you still have to do the selling internally of why partnership is, is key. Why are we partnering with this specific partner? Why do we have to allocate resources from marketing or from sales to help us do this? And you have to always be providing that because it's, it's not the company's product or service itself. You have a lot of work with selling, marketing your product already. It's like, okay, why am I going to allocate resources for partner marketing? What is the value that we're going to bring? That's why you have to have that clear vision into this is how we're supporting the business objectives. And at the end of the day, have that data that you were mentioning at the beginning, like we're bringing X amount of value, we're influencing demand in, in this percentage, we're bringing next amount of leads. At the end of the day, it's that hard data too that helps you to have that executive buy-in into supporting your partnership program. Yeah, right? Because it's not just setting up the partnerships that ends up taking time and effort. It's nurturing those relationships once they're actually set. And I think a big mistake that a lot of new entrants in Web3 make when they're trying to develop partnerships is they almost take the marketing no-no of a spray and pray approach of let's just collect as many partners as we possibly can, create some marketing material for them, do a couple of events, but then they never track it. They never actually understand how each individual partner is helping them reach their goals. And they're taking on too many instead of taking on some strategic partner relationships for the size of their team and making sure that those are actually moving the needle. And 
that's what I've seen as a big mistake in a lot of these early stage Web3 companies is they just start they try to collect as many names as possible. But to your point, all of this takes time. It takes budget. It takes manpower. And you need executive buy-in in order to get that. And so being strategic in the way that you develop these partnerships is so important. Yeah, a lot of people is like, okay, we're going to sign this partnership and magically all of these leads are going to come in and we have these referral programs. We're going to give you 10% if you refer someone and you hope or you think naively, okay, all of these leads are going to come along just because we're signing this agreement. No, it's a lot of work behind it. And you want to be really strategic in which other partners are you going to be investing that time resources and effort because it's not going to come magically just because you signed an agreement with someone it has to be like what's the actual value proposition that we're bringing to the table together it's like doing these sales enablement training and pieces thing like what you said mm-hmm. a lot of companies in in the crypto space we're just gathering all of these names we're partnering with all of these firms but you're not seeing direct benefit or direct numbers coming from that or it's really difficult they just simplify and it's like okay we're going to do marketing with this let's put the logo two logos together in a marketing asset that we already have and that's it if not partner marketing goes beyond that cannot just put a logo into an existing marketing asset and hope that's going to do the magic the magic part of partner marketing is telling that mutual story together that joint value proposition that you're bringing to the table that you cannot do by yourself that's the value that you're giving to the partner and it takes a lot of work into doing that and when you don't have a partner marketing or someone that's specific into partner marketing doing that then nobody is responsible in the organization for doing it right partners get segregated all the time to the end of the pipeline when we have time we'll do it and then they um, they end up doing this like okay i'll just out at the logo just put the my company statement his their statement we'll put out a, a blog that's it but it's like two separate stories patched together which <laughs> it's not ideal right i think what's so interesting about partner marketers is they have to wear a ton of different hats Especially in more developed companies, you will have a product marketer on board, content marketers on board, PR teams on board, uh, your field marketers on board. But a partner marketer, because to your point, they get pushed to the end of the pipeline and they get you know put on the back burner often. They need to have all of those skill sets because one partner relationship isn't just going to want a piece of content. Instead, they are going to potentially need, if you have an integration partnership, a one-pager that aligns your two value propositions together. They may need a blog post that goes out. They might need a press release that goes out. They might need an event sponsorship that you go in on together. They might need a presentation that you build together for future clients. They might need that sales enablement material. And there's so much that goes into it that a lot of folks don't end up actually thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, you end up doing kind of everything which is dangerous when you don't have a partner marketing team or not a team even a person having a team will be ideal but like the reality is that they don't put a lot of resources into partner marketing and sometimes it's just one person doing it and if you don't have that person then nobody's responsible so i was saying nobody's going to be creating that that type of content 
But if you put partner in front of a marketing role, then that person becomes responsible for everything related to partners. Even though you have these different functions, as you said, like you have content, you have field marketing, you have PR, everything. They're not directly, or a lot of the times they don't feel directly responsible for partners. Or as I was saying, you have to really do the internal selling of this is how putting efforts into this will help you reach your individual objectives, right? As an internal team. But if they don't see that value, a lot of the times it's like, okay, it's not responsible. We have already a lot in our plate. We're going to focus on our clients, not our partners. So you don't get those resources and you have to have all of these different hats and abilities. Like, okay, I'm going to be creating this one pager. I'm going to be creating this sales deck. I'm going to be creating this blog post, this PR, which ends up being a lot, but you have to do it because it's not, it's not going to be done otherwise. But once you start knowing how to sell the value of partnerships, that could shift. And that's a lot of the strategy too. You have to have that buy-in from the marketing team, the rest of the marketing team to allocate some time and resources for you. Because at the end of the day, this is not scalable. And the point of partnerships is to scale your business because with like allocating less resources like if you were going to pay x amount for a event if you're doing with a partner then you're splitting the cost there it's going to be less expensive for the company maybe your cost per acquisition like customer acquisition will decrease because you're splitting it somehow with partners those are the type of data that you have to be selling all the time and be tracking to be able to also have these resources that you need to do a really good strategic and effective partner marketing. So that's a great point. You have to get that buy-in by focusing in on the data and the KPIs that are almost important to the team that you're working with. Is that how you actually go about and navigate those internal stakeholder relationships? Yeah, you have to, you have to do that. You have to do that diplomacy work too internally with the team, but having this hard data for them to like, this is how I'm going to help you because I'm telling you, partnerships, a lot of the time is seen like the little brother of sales. So they don't really pay attention a lot to them. And you have to be like ready to have these conversations, do this advocacy internally for partners. When you're in partners, you have to be an ad advocate all the time for them because you're the voice of the partner. The rest of the team don't really have visibility into it. But just being an advocate and saying like, oh, we can do great things with the partner. It's not going to convince anyone to lose focus on something that's their objectives to come and help you with your objectives, especially when the organization is not really partner focused or you don't have like that executive level, like promoting partnerships. Right now in my organization that I'm working mm -hmm. on, I'm really fortunate because it's really partner focused. They started doing partnerships in the very, since the very beginning. So the executives see the value of partners and what they can bring to the table. So it makes my job much easier. But if you don't have that, you have to build that and you have to be the one advocating, but you have to do it with hard data. This is how I'm going to be helping you reach your KPI. 
Otherwise, it's going to be really hard for you to get the resources that you need to do partner marketing or to do any type of partnership program. So let's say someone is just starting out. Maybe they're in a smaller Web3 team and they're they're coming on board as a partnerships lead. What advice would you give somebody in the first 90 days of their role? How do they really start to build that? You know, whether or not they have a partnerships forward organization that they're working with, because either way, you are going to need to advocate for what you as the partnerships lead need and how you're actually going to go and create those partnerships within the ecosystem. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Just like heads up, it's going to be a lot of work. So so be scared about it. It could be overwhelming a lot of the times. But you have to understand what's the business objectives, what's the overall goal of the organization, what's like those main KPIs that every team is accountable for, and then have a plan to be like, okay, this is how partnerships is going to help. My piece of advice, unless you're this type of person that likes to document everything, have presentations and everything, it helps to have this executive buying a lot, but don't invest a lot of time creating these presentations. Identify lots of those strategic things that the partnerships can help you. Have those internal conversations, present a really overall plan. Don't wait to have everything sorted out. It doesn't have to be perfect. And be collecting license at the very beginning for me. I will be focused a lot of the time into this tracking system elements process that will help you show the value of your work, will help internal buy-in, but will also help you iterate your program and be successful in the long run. Because if you're not tracking your results, if you're not seeing that data, it's really hard for you to really bring value to the, to the company that you're working on, but also to the partner, right? Because also you have to be managing the partner relationship. If the partner doesn't see that you're bringing value to them, they will deprioritize you. They won't invest time on you. It's a challenge. You're challenging internally. You're challenging externally. But tracking that that data, having that strategy in place, this overall vision of like this is how partners is helping. Identifying in partner marketing, what are the different pieces that you need for each partner? Identifying the strategic ones that you're going to go after. Don't spend a lot of time to signing partners because you'll want to sign partners. What are the ones that are going to move the needle and that are worth investing time and resources with? So those are like overall my main advices. Identify company goals, then track the results to be able to have the internal and partner buy-in to show the value. And identify the, the strategic partners that you're going to be investing time on. Don't lose focus on that. Don't try to cover everything. That's not going to work. I think that is a great piece of advice for honestly any marketer joining a company is you need to learn the business, understand the data, and start to build your relationships. Like that is what you need to focus on in those first 90 days and, and then get started because we can spend forever thinking about whether or not something will work. And this industry is all about experimentation. Yeah, exactly. Just go and do it. You will learn on the way. You will learn from your mistakes. That's one of the best things to, uh, unless you like do a really bad mistake. I was going to say other words. Just like don't make a really, really big mistake. It's not a mistake. If it's like you're experimenting, that's okay. There are different kinds of mistakes that you can make. You can make like mega fuck ups or just like a, you know, professional mistake that you learn from. It's a learning. Yeah. 
Exactly. Avoid those mega fuck ups. No mega fuck ups. You heard it here first. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and that brings us to the very end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have any questions about anything we covered in the show or would like to learn more about how we can work together, come and find me over on LinkedIn and drop me a quick hello. I love when you all reach out and I respond to every single message. If you liked today's session, don't forget to follow the podcast or leave a quick review to help keep up to date on the latest in Web3 marketing news. And then finally, if you're ready to fine tune your Web3 marketing skills, accelerate your career and learn how to future-proof your business, don't forget about my newest Web3 marketing course, The Power of Web3 Marketing. Unlike most courses that teach you the basics of marketing, this one helps marketers get up to speed on Web3 and learn exactly how they can implement the right trends and strategies for their business today. I've even brought on experts from Chainalysis to ThirdWork to teach you the ins and outs of how you can build your Web3 marketing strategy from scratch. This is the course that every single one of us wishes we had when we started in Web3. So as a special gift, Marketing on the Moon listeners get an extra $150 off using code MINT, M-I-N-T. Head to the power of web3.marketing to grab your seat today. And don't forget to tune in next week as we dive deeper into the world of Web3. I cannot wait to see you there.